Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Natural Man Podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice or a diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man Podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcome that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of the Natural Man Podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Natural Man Podcast. This is the Natural Man Podcast. Okay, I'm an idiot. All right, let me start over. <laughs> Off to a smashing start, right? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, we're here for another episode, and uh, we have a very interesting guest, Dr. Katie Broussard. She's a naturopathic doc with her own practice based in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're we're conquering new territory. We've never talked to somebody from Utah, so that's that's pretty exciting. And you're a graduate of Bastyr University in Seattle. You went to National University of Natural Medicine in Portland and Sonoran University in Tempe. You know, you're like the, you might be the third or fourth Bastyr graduate we've had on here, oh, wow. uh, which is really cool. So th- thanks for being here, Katie. It's really, uh, really great to have you and excited to dive into our topic today. Um, you have your own practice in Salt Lake City and you practice naturopathic medicine and you got on a health kick at a young age. So you received care from a naturopath as a child. Do I have that right? You are correct. Yeah. It was when I was in middle school, I started seeing our family naturopath where I grew up in Olympia, Washington. That's a good start. Yeah. Man, I wish I, I wish I started that early. That's, that's really good. And what was that like? How, was that different than going to a conventional doc? I mean, we know that is, but what was that like as a kid? Sure, yeah. I mean, all the credit goes to my mom because she knew about naturopaths long before anybody in our family did. Um, but it, I remember distinctly the conventional doc told me for my stomach ache, I should take, they gave me ranitidine. They just gave me a you know an acid blocker. Yeah. And then I went to the naturopath and they... Um, and she recommended dietary changes. So it was just night and day. Wow. Was, you know, as a yeah. kid, you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is very different. And she, my naturopath was actually speaking to me like I was a person instead of just talking to my mom. It was just a whole different, completely different experience. Yeah. Isn't that something? I mean, that that's usually how naturopathic medicine goes. It's more patient-centered and that's what we love about it. And that's why people like you and I are are into that. Um, so you said there was dietary changes. Now I was a stubborn kid. I don't know what you were like. Was that tough as a kid to make dietary changes? Were they extreme? Um, well, it wasn't 
super tough. I mean, I was old enough to understand what she was telling me, which is basically you eat these foods, you'll feel bad. You eat these other foods, you won't feel as bad. Um, so I wasn't, and I was, I mean, I was a rule follower. (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, good. That was my MO as a kid. Yeah. So that was pretty easy, but I mean, just the way she explained it to me completely made sense. And it really, you know, like, um, got inside my kid brain as opposed to just kind of bouncing off, you know, really it, she connected with me. That's great. That That's a great head start in life. And you were in a health conscious household too, right? So, I mean, everybody was on board with with just more health conscious living, I guess. Yeah, it was really my mom. Again, she was just looking for alternative options to the right. issues we were dealing with. Um, and I really, it was just um, like a mind opening kind of process that we were all going through, which is like, you know, you eat better food, you feel better. You take supplements instead of prescription medications, you know, they could work and then you don't have to take the prescription. I mean, it was just a whole like philosophical change in our household. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, I can't say we were always like that. Um, it was really my mom who sort of like brought these small changes in one at a time. And the naturopath was really the huge kind of crux of it. Yeah. Well, obviously it pays off in the long run to think that way. Right. Um, I know in your practice, you treat a lot of adrenal fatigue patients. Um, tell us what adrenal fatigue is first of all. Sure. Um, so adrenal fatigue is a condition where essentially the body's energy source. So a big source of our energy comes from our adrenal glands that starts to break down. And it's not that the adrenal glands aren't producing cortisol. So they produce cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine. So our fight or flight stress hormones. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that they can't produce it anymore. It's that they produce inappropriate amounts at inappropriate times. They're just starting to get um, tired, hence the name adrenal fatigue, Um, tired of attempting to rise to the occasion of like chronic and constant stress. The adrenal glands are really built for sort of a one-off like, oh, I almost died because I was being chased by, you know, the saber-toothed tiger because that's kind of how we evolved, right? Right. Um, Instead of the day-to-day, I wake up Monday morning, I'm super stressed because I'm thinking about work, then I'm worried about my kids, then I'm driving to and from and that sort of day in and day out stress it starts to really wear on our body's ability to heal and repair all of our organs and our adrenal glands are just one of those organs and um, they just start to sort of, yeah, get, get fatigued and sputter out and just not produce the amount of hormone that we want them to. Is there a typical age where you see that happening or can it be all across the board and lifestyle specific to the person? Yeah, good question. Um, as far as age, I mean, I've definitely seen folks who are young and folks who are older deal with it but most commonly i see it in people who are in their 40s um and i see a majority um female patients in my practice so women who are in their 40s um experience a lot of adrenal fatigue and that i mean that could be like self-selected because a lot of my my patients are in that situation and they come to me because they're tired um but that's a really kind of prime time in life where there's the perfect storm we're, right. we're starting to reach the point where our sex hormones are changing. And that goes for men and women. Um, we're maybe experiencing more stress, maybe taking care of our 
um, parents or other relatives, taking care of our children, and then dealing with, um, you know, just work stress, everyday stress. And then it really starts to kind of compound. Um, And I mean, lifestyle factors that contribute to adrenal fatigue. It's just, I burn the candle at both ends and I, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, that's very, you know, Western. Yeah. And when we push and push and push and we don't give our bodies a break, that's a really good recipe for ending up in the adrenal fatigue position. Um, and then also living off of the classic standard American diet of refined carbohydrates and caffeine, like that combination. Yeah. Yeah. The perfect storm, right? Mm-hmm. It's weird that you you mentioned that because I, I knew a guy years ago who was just burning the candle at both ends for years and years and years. And he'd, he'd send me emails at like three in the morning. And I was like, dude, do you ever sleep? And he's like, I will rest when I die. He literally wrote that. That was his reply. And then like a couple years later, he dropped dead of a heart attack. And I don't even know if he was 40 yet. Like... Oh. It was just crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It it was almost like I could see it coming just by the way he was just gunning it in life all the time. Just, just always running on all cylinders. And like, we're just not, we're not built for that. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. And we're, like I was saying, we're evolved to, you know, deal with a sudden severe stressor and then for that stressor to go away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not to just constantly be under that same amount of stress 24 seven. Right sustainable yeah so like as a society we're stressed and do you think that that diminished stress response is because it's chronic and not just that saber-toothed tiger jumping out at you and you have enough adrenaline to get away to get to safety to fight it off whatever um is it is it a diminished stress response because we're constantly stressed absolutely i mean the the amount of stress that I, that I see in my patients, um, the amount of stress that I, you know, I mean, that we're just kind of all under as a society, but it's not, it's not what we're built for. Right. Because again, it's about that, you know, that really intense stress. And then we're able to relax and rest and regenerate and get into the parasympathetic or the rest and digest mode. Um, that's the only way we can heal. And if we're constantly in fight or flight, I mean, good luck. You know, your body starts to break down. It just isn't, we're not, you know, machines. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We act like we are, but we're not definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, can you confirm adrenal fatigue with any kind of lab work or is it just symptom specific? How do you diagnose this? Yeah. The lab work for adrenal fatigue is typically a saliva cortisol test. That's typically how I diagnose it in my practice. Um, Because adrenal fatigue as a condition is not one of those widely recognized in the conventional medical model, um, it is, um, there's not like a gold standard for diagnosis, let's say, because a lot of medical providers don't even acknowledge that it is a diagnosis or a condition. Yeah. They just call Um, it chronic fatigue syndrome and chalk it up to a pill, right? Yeah. Or insomnia or depression or, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets, we, we get, um, we get these 
this condition kind of mixed up with other conditions and then we treat it as these other things and it's, you know, a cortisol issue. Um, the, the main way that I diagnose it in my practice is a saliva cortisol test and that's kind of the, the standard uh, method in the alternative medicine field. Um, mm-hmm. The classic pattern um, of cortisol um, like uh, cortisol test results on a saliva cortisol test for a patient who has adrenal fatigue is essentially a flat line of cortisol with a slight elevation towards bedtime. Um, And it's sort of my classic patient who says, I wake up tired, I go to bed tired, or sometimes I can't go to sleep because I feel wired at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Whereas what we want in a healthy normal cortisol pattern is a nice high cortisol level in the morning and then low in the evening and then we can we can get to sleep easy easily right so does a person with adrenal fatigue typically have like the sleep onset insomnia that people get or can there be nighttime waking can they can they get to sleep okay but then they wake up at 2:30 in the morning how does that all fit into the sleep picture yeah i would say there's not one pattern when it comes to folks with adrenal fatigue, at least that I see, mm-hmm. because I have folks with um, a sleep onset insomnia. I can't get to sleep. My mind is racing. I can't really, you know, I can't get myself into that um, restful mindset. I can't get my body to calm down. Or sometimes they're able to get to sleep and then they have a cortisol spike in the nighttime some, at some point and then they're not able to get back to sleep. Um, It can be a mixture of those things, but sleep issues are typically a part of the picture for anyone who has adrenal fatigue. Hmm. So we touched on this earlier, but why do you think conventional medicine hasn't really embraced the idea of adrenal fatigue? They seem to give it other labels, like we talked about chronic fatigue or you know, depression or whatever it is. Why do you think they're slow to acknowledge this condition that clearly affects a lot of people? Yeah, that's a great question. It's so, I, I really try to understand the conventional model sometimes and, uh, it really becomes a struggle. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, anything that you can't put inside of a nice and tidy box Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very difficult to disseminate the information to a wider audience, like, you know, the medical community as a whole. Right. Um, and so <laughs> when you have a, you know, a symptom picture, the person with adrenal fatigue who's tired all the time, but wired at night, maybe. Um, and then you have these, the saliva cortisol labs that maybe they don't put a whole bunch of stock in. So they're saying like, oh, this person sort of has symptoms, but they're not life-threatening, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then the lab work, I don't know if I trust that. You know, that's not so much in my wheelhouse. I'm not super familiar with that that lab or how how um, how hormones are measured through the saliva. So you put those two things together and it's kind of like a non-starter. It's like, oh, well, you know, that person's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think... You know, with Addison's disease, so, you know, two very like a life-threatening um, uh, situation where your cortisol is so low that your blood pressure bottoms out, sure, you can die from that. And Cushing's disease, where you have way too much cortisol, it's 
on the other end of the spectrum and it can cause a whole bunch of other issues, those are very easy to diagnose via blood. Right. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's just when things don't fit in a nice box, I guess. Yeah. 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 They like to categorize things. Definitely. Do you, um, have any go-tos for like lowering cortisol? Like somebody's listening to this podcast right now. They're dealing with chronic stress, probably elevated cortisol, probably weird cortisol spikes at weird times of the day. What are some go-tos for that? How, how do you tackle that as a person? Yeah. So, I mean, there are always supplements, right? Um, and I could name off like five different products, but what I would say first and foremost would be routine and diet. And mm -hmm. I always like to drive that home to patients first because, you know, we can spend and often we do like as a DIY person myself, I'm like on the internet, like researching, what should I take this? Should I take yeah. that? I'm a terrible patient when it comes to myself. Um, <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's always so, it seems so easy to spend money on a supplement yeah. before addressing these other things. So I need to put myself on a regular wake and sleep regimen. That's really helpful when it comes to adrenal function. Mm -hmm. Being exposed to early morning sunlight, that's really important. Um, and then eating a diet that helps keep blood sugar stable. And blood sugar stabilization is really, really important when it comes to keeping cortisol levels healthy and normal. Right. So for someone listening, I would say address those two things first. Okay. If you've gotten those things out of the way and you're working on stress reduction, um, then I can get into the supplements. So there's a product called Cortisol Manager mm -hmm. that's from Integrative Therapeutics. No sponsorship what am i supposed to say i don't know um no, no that's fine that's fine interest. yeah 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 <laughs> um i really like that product um it contains something in it called phosphatidylserine which can help blunt the effects of cortisol mm -hmm. so my patients i um have who have really high spikes of cortisol let's say you know early in the day or later in the day taking cortisol manager can really help bring that down. Um, mm -hmm. And I've had patients who tell me it works to bring down their anxiety because their anxiety is related to their cortisol or helps them get to sleep because their cortisol levels are high. Mm. So that's a product that I really like. Um, and then, I mean, there's a lot of um, uh, what are called adaptogens. Mm -hmm. So one like ashwagandha and I like, um, ashwagandha products from Gaia, Gaia Herb Company. Yeah. Um, but ashwagandha is an amazing adaptogen, meaning it can really help modulate our stress response and therefore help with inappropriate cortisol um, production. Mm -hmm. um, and that can help with sleep and um, kind of assist. But there's, you know, to be honest, Mike, there are one million things you could take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a matter of like being judicious with what you're spending your money on when it comes right. to products and really focusing actually more of your time and energy on the lifestyle stuff that I mentioned before. Yeah. That's a smart first strategy for sure. Um, a lot of naturopaths prescribe adrenal cortex. I've been put on that in the past myself. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So adrenal cortex is amazing. So it's a dried adrenal product typically from a cow um, 
I actually have an adrenal cortex product in my supplement line. Mm-hmm. It is something I've used. I've put my patients on. Um, it's really fantastic for low cortisol, especially first thing, um, like morning or early afternoon. Um, and the whole idea of it, just like taking, let's say a thyroid replacement or like taking testosterone or taking estrogen, we're using hormone from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, is it actual hormone adrenal Mm -hmm. cortex? Okay. I didn't know that. So adrenal cortex, it's just ground up adrenal gland. Okay. And so that means it contains everything that, you know, our adrenal glands contain. Right. You're just taking it in a powdered form. So it has, you know, some of the cortisol in it, has some of the um, epinephrine, norepinephrine, it has some of the um, other um, blood sugar and blood pressure hormones that the, that the adrenal gland produces. Um, it's just a, uh, you know, a, a dried version of that. Yeah. Um, but it also has nutrients in it that our body needs in order to produce and heal um, so produce the hormones that our that our adrenal glands produce, but also heal our adrenal glands. So things like vitamin C, um, it's uh, a really fantastic thing to use. I wouldn't use it long term, but it's a really fantastic thing to use while we're trying to bring up our normal levels of cortisol mm-hmm. and remind our bodies what it feels like when we're, you know, actually like when we have enough cortisol on board, like that light bulb kind of comes on and it's like, whoa, I don't remember feeling good energy first thing in the morning. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 Now, why don't you recommend it long-term? Is it because of the fact that it has hormones in it? Um, I don't recommend using adrenal cortex long-term because it's my perspective that we need to focus on healing our body's own organs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... That's a tricky issue because there's some folks where, like your friend, who was (laughs) really pushing through until, you know, the the sad conclusion. But for folks who don't have the time slash willingness to not only, you know, address symptoms, so start to feel better, but also get to the next level of like healing and repair... Yeah. They're just like, I don't have the time. I have this. I got to That's where the adrenal cortex really comes in handy. But taking it long term, that can lead to basically our our body isn't able to produce the healthy amounts of cortisol that we want it to because it comes becomes reliant on the, oh, the it's like a de- adrenal cortex. dependency. Gotcha. OK. Well, and it's not I try not to use that word. I don't want folks to feel like it's, you know, a drug. Um mm-hmm. But when we take hormones, yes, it, it can suppress our body's own production of them. Yeah. And I like to be straightforward with patients about that. Like, ideally, we don't have you on this stuff forever and ever, you know? Right, right. And on the subject of hormones, DHEA supplementation is another one that I hear thrown around a lot in adrenal fatigue treatments. What's your take on DHEA? Our, our, our adrenal glands make DHEA, right? They do, yeah. Um, DHEA is one of those hormones that is kind of uh, multi-purpose, I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, because it can be a precursor to your androgens, so testosterone. It's actually an androgen itself, so a 
a male type hormone, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it can actually be converted into estrogen as well. Um, so DHEA is something that I try to use that judiciously because depending on the person, their body might convert that DHEA into something that we don't want. And mm. you might get symptoms like, um, like PMS, you take DHEA for energy and then suddenly your PMS gets bad. Yeah. Um, and that essentially means, oh, the DHEA is being converted into estrogen and we need to, you know, kind of talk about that. So DHEA is, is a hormone. Um, it's one of those things you can get over the counter. And I think folks don't understand that it can sort of, um, it can alter the levels of other hormones in the body without us really realizing that. Right. So that's something I would, you know, if you're thinking about taking that, I would talk to somebody like me before taking it just to make sure it's, it's appropriate in the treatment of your adrenal fatigue. Hey, this is Mike C. And we want you to know that we only endorse products we truly believe in. We're an affiliate of best-selling author Dr. Carolyn Dean's RNA Reset Products, home of the famous Remag Liquid Magnesium Supplement. So when you go to RNAreset.com and make any purchases using the coupon code NATURALMAN, we get a commission. So if you like what we do, this is one way you can support the Natural Man podcast. Make your purchase now at RNAreset.com using the coupon code NATURALMAN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If somebody has lower DHEA levels, because I know they drop as people age, mm -hmm. is it something people should seriously consider? Is it unhealthy to have low DHEA levels in your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can really contribute to a lot of fatigue. And again, the symptoms kind of related to low testosterone, mm -hmm. um, like uh, loss of muscle mass, loss of strength, low motivation, low energy. Um, and yeah, with, with my patients who are, you know, aging, I would say more healthfully with more energy and vigor, Typically, their DHEA levels look pretty nice and healthy, yeah. Um, as opposed to you know being low or even near low on the lab test. Have you seen a person ever in your practice or your experience with low DHEA that is healthy and vibrant? Uh yeah. I mean, really? I see patients all the time where their labs don't match their um, their clinical picture. You know, where I'm like, oh my gosh, you're the healthiest, you know, 68 year old that I've ever seen. I want to be like you when I'm your age. And then I yeah. look at their labs and I'm like, wow, okay. You know, it's not, we always have to correlate. We always have to match up the lab to the person. Yeah. And sometimes they don't match and it's kind of like, well, what is that? You know, you have something yeah. special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe some genetic predisposition we haven't discovered yeah. yet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So you carry your own supplement line. You mentioned that. What made you launch your own line? Um, that's a great question. I, I mean, it was really more of the perspective of patients come to me because they want supplements. Okay, great. Um, 
what if I made it so that I knew that the quality and the consistency of the products they're getting is exactly how I want it to be. Yeah. Because I would say 99% of my patients who are on supplements already are getting them from who knows where, like Costco, Walmart, Amazon. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's fine. And then other times the, the quality of the products they're taking just is terrible. Right. And I always tell my patients like, oh, you pay me to be a snob about supplements. Like that's <laughs> literally part of my job yeah. to be, you know, picky. Yeah. Um, and so by creating my own supplement line, I can just point to this product and be like, yes, this is exactly what I want you to take. I have no issues, no qualms. I know how it's manufactured. I trust, you know, I trust everything about it. So take yeah. this. Um, it just kind of adds a level of. I would say consistency to my practice. Right. How hard was it to source the materials? Like for example, the adrenal cortex comes from cows. You want to source that from, you know, the healthiest stock of cows available. Was it a challenge finding those top quality ingredients? Um, no, not if you are working with manufacturers you trust. Mm-hmm. Because there's sort of this upper echelon of nutraceutical, that's what they call themselves, nutraceutical manufacturers Mm -hmm. who know what the heck they're doing. And then there's kind of this lower, you know, 95% of everybody else who is just getting things as cheaply and as quickly and easily as possible. Right. Um, The manufacturers I work with, they will go out of stock. Um you know, of certain materials. Mm -hmm. And that's because they won't, they won't settle for a lower, um, lower quality ingredient, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, that's, that's when you know a a product and a manufacturer is really high quality because they won't settle. Um, and so like I was out of, you know, my fish oil for a while. Why? Mm -hmm. Because, um, the manufacturer couldn't get the, the high quality fish oil that I want in my product. Well, that's, Mm -hmm. You know, not a great thing, but also it tells you about the um, the high standards. Yep. And that, yeah, that 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 can be an absolute make or break when it comes to the quality of your your supplements. Yep. Now you mentioned fish oil. Is that helpful in an adrenal protocol? Um, I mean, I'm a naturopath, so I believe fish oil is good for everything. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fish oil is, you know, um, anti-inflammatory. That's the main thing, right? You're, you're, you're getting in a capsule what we should be getting in our food, but there's yeah. there really aren't a whole lot of really high quality sources of these essential fatty acids in a in a good dose in the standard American diet. So we take it in a capsule. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about adrenal fatigue and we're talking about cortisol levels being kind of all over the place, inflammation starts to play a big role. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially when we're not getting good sleep, inflammation can kind of get out of control. And so taking something like fish oil and eating a diet that focuses on, you know, reducing inflammation, that can Mm -hmm. be a really great combination for someone with adrenal fatigue. Is seafood a viable alternative to D8, uh, sorry, to fish oil if somebody's eating seafood on a daily basis? Yeah, and I always like to emphasize, you know, wild caught, cold yep. water, like the fatty fish. I mean, really, 
for me it's salmon that's kind of what yeah. i focus on the wild caught salmon yeah um but you know not everybody has access to that yeah um doesn't come cheap every... these days either exactly yeah, yeah in that way as well it's yeah it's expensive yeah. um and we know that you know the oceans are like as far as levels of pollutants those become more of a concern yeah um and fish oil is a you know something that's tested for heavy metals and when you get like the high quality stuff yeah so yeah eating seafood is a viable alternative i think taking fish oil daily just kind of fills in the gaps right um, you mentioned you mentioned heavy metals do you ever find adrenal fatigue patients have higher levels of heavy metals do you check for stuff like that oh gosh um Heavy metals and chelation from heavy metals is a whole specialty in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I do. I've worked in practices where we do that. Mm -hmm. um, I typically refer patients who I think might be dealing with that. Okay. Um, the testing is typically a urine test. Some folks will do hair testing. What do you think um, of the hair testing? That gets criticized by some people. Is, I... it, is that helpful, do you think? I think, I think more information is always better, but mm -hmm. I, I don't put a whole bunch of stock into hair testing in general, mm -hmm. um, because the things that we're exposed to, you know, like um, the chemicals that are used in <laughs> hair treatments, yeah, uh, the you know, uh, walking around in a in an environment with certain um, chemicals or or things in it can end up on our hair and then end up on testing, and it's not. Yeah, I just uh, I just don't really use that. Yeah. Um, but I always think, I mean, I've had patients, you know, who do that testing on their own. They bring it to me and they want to know what I think. Mm -hmm. And I always say like, oh, more information is, you know, always better. I think it's, I think that's, that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Um, I just prefer to do urine-based testing when it comes to heavy metals if, if I need to do that. Hmm. So how long is recovery for adrenal fatigue? Can it take years to to overcome it yeah it's not a it's not a like a 30-day challenge and then you mm -hmm. you're yeah. you're over your adrenal fatigue yeah it's i mean it's always good to imagine the journey that you know you have been on or my patient has been on with their fatigue it didn't just start last week mm -hmm. so that means it's going to take a while to get back to a point where we feel the way that we did, you know, three years ago. I mean, a, a lot of my patients say, oh, I last felt, when I ask them, like, when did you last feel good energy? They say, okay, before I had my kids. How old, you know, how old is your oldest? Oh, he's 17. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, the fact that this is a long game. It's a marathon. Yeah. It's not a sprint. Um, and that perspective is really helpful when it comes to, um, I think building some like longevity and sus some sustainability into treatment plans because right. we can't, I mean, in our Western mindset, it's all about like getting everything done now. No, yeah. get it done yesterday yeah. so that I can enjoy, you know, the benefits today. Um, and I think slow and steady is the, is absolutely antithetical to, the mindset that got my patient to where they are, you know, when mm -hmm. they see me. Mm -hmm. And so it's about like changing that philosophy and saying, okay, slow and steady does work for me. That's okay. Cause that means I'm actually going to heal my body. 
Um, right. It's it's tough, but it's also you know it's tough explaining that to patients. Like, oh, this is going to take a long time. Well, how yeah. long? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Are carbohydrates are car are carbohydrates an issue? Um, do you limit those to patients like this? Um, carbohydrates are. That's such a such a contentious thing for so many people yeah. who are you know keto and low carb and um, carbohydrates are energy, so we never want to discount them. Right, they're really right. important. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality of the carbohydrates in the diet that's important, especially for someone who has blood sugar issues. Mm-hmm. So maybe reactive hypoglycemia, um, you know, where they go too long without eating and they get kind of hangry. Yeah. Um, that often will go hand in hand with adrenal fatigue. And so, I mean, it just, it depends on the patient, which is the boring answer, but typically there's some element of eating a diet that's higher in complex carbohydrates, maybe higher in fat and protein to help stabilize blood sugar yeah. to ensure that they will not have the cortisol spike when their blood sugar starts to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, yeah, that, that can be an issue. It's not an issue for everyone, um, but definitely can be an issue with adrenal fatigue. Right. So we're in the same tribe, you and I, in that you like sprouted grains over regular grains. That's what I read in your protocol. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling I know why, but can you explain to our listeners why sprouted grains are better? And do I have that right? That's in your protocol, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Talk about that. Sure. So when you sprout a grain, you know, which is just a seed, um, you can essentially increase the amount of nutrients in it and it sort of pre-digests the grain for you. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it so that it is lower glycemic, just meaning it doesn't turn into glucose in your bloodstream as quickly as just a regular milled grain or, or flour does. Um, and so I was just talking about blood sugar balance, um, and eating sprouted grains Mm -hmm. can actually improve our body's ability to, to balance blood sugar because we're not, we're not getting like a quick shot of glucose and then none. It's not like a, an on and off switch. It's more of like a slow dial. Yeah. Um, so using, yeah, using sprouted grains can be really good for someone with adrenal issues or blood sugar issues, period. Do high sugar diets crash the adrenals? Can that lead up to an adrenal fatigue state if people are just eating a lot of sugar all the time, refined carbs, simple carbs? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've probably all been in that sort of um, situation where you eat something that's high sugar Mm -hmm. or something that's just really refined, um, refined carbohydrate, like a piece of white bread or something. Yeah. And then you're immediately hungry like 20 minutes later. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I just ate. Why is that, you know, not sticking with me? And it's just your blood sugar shooting up. And then what happens is it starts to fall really quickly if there isn't something there to help slow the digestive process like um, protein, for example. Um, And when we do that over and over again, we have these peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys our adrenal glands struggle to kind of keep up with that because every time our blood sugar starts to crater into a valley, 
starts to go down after that piece of white bread, mm-hmm. um, our cortisol has to shoot up. And so we're asking a lot of our adrenal glands when we eat a diet that's really high in refined carbohydrates because it's almost like that stress of running from the saber-toothed tiger, Yeah. only it's related to what we're eating or what we had to eat, you know, an hour ago. Right. Um, and it kind of creates a similar stress. Yeah. So some docs, not many, but some docs um, I've heard prescribe actual cortisol. Is that ever a good idea in your opinion? Yeah, that's a good question. So cortisol, I mean, we can get it compounded. It's basically, you know, hydrocortisone. Mm. Um, We can get it in a compounded medication. So that's the, I would say the pharmaceutical alternative to adrenal cortex. Okay. Um, Is that a good idea? I don't know. It depends on the patient. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on the compounder. If you have a, you know, a compounding pharmacy um, who you really trust. I mean, I'm speaking from a provider perspective. Yeah. Um, I think it can be useful and it's also easier to control the dose because with adrenal cortex being a natural product, we don't have as much control over, you know, an exacting dose. Yeah. Um, whereas with a compounded hydrocortisone capsule, you do, but you also don't have the benefit of the added nutrients because it's not a natural product. Yeah. Um, so I think it can be useful in certain situations. I can tell you're very patient-centered, and I love it because you don't give me a, a, a definite answer on each thing because you always say it's patient-specific, and so um, that's great. That tells me that you are, you're an amazing functional medicine doc because you listen to your patients and you watch what your patients are doing and not just putting them in a box, and I don't know if everyone's ever made that observation, but... I'm seeing that and I can just tell by your answers, you're very patient centered. And I think that's fantastic. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you. (laughs) I think it's, it's very difficult to answer the questions you're asking with a one little, you know, the soundbite answer. Yeah. yeah. That's always the slick way to do it. Right. But I think the sensible way to answer is with a little more nuance, which doesn't fit in a soundbite, which is why naturopathic medicine isn't at center stage, center stage as it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so obviously, if somebody's like at stage three, stage four adrenal fatigue, um, it's a marathon they have to run. Do patients have a difficult time staying on that marathon and and how do you work with them to keep them to keep them going? Because it can be frustrating. Two years, you know, that's a long time to recover from something that's not making you feel well, and it can be disheartening and discouraging. But how do you keep them going? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think a big piece of it is the strategy in practice, which is something I was taught way back when in school or when I was observing with docs I rounded with, mm-hmm. but it's all about a balance between palliation. So making them feel better right now and then prevention and kind of the long game. So you're, you're playing both the short term and the long term at the same time, because if I can get my patient to feel even, you know, 15% better, 
yeah. in the next two months, that is potentially a short enough span of time to give them a little bit of the energy and motivation that they need to yeah. then go on for the next six months, eight months, 12 months. Um, I think it's, I think it's really about like small wins as they go along and helping them also see that that's happening because I often will have a patient come in for their first follow-up, let's say after our very first visit. Yeah. Maybe I saw them two months ago and I'm just asking, how are you doing with the supplements? And you know, kind of just generally, and they're like, wow, um, I'm not feeling better at all. And then I ask them, you know, tell me more. Well, you know, my sleep is a little bit better. My digestion is a little bit better. My mood is a little bit better, but I'm just not feeling better at all. And then I just, you know, reflect that back to them. Wow. Well, when we met the first time you couldn't sleep at all, your energy was a zero Mm -hmm. and you were feeling really anxious and depressed. And now you tell me, you know, things have improved a little bit. So it's, it's kind of like, it's perspective. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Offering that outside perspective. I'm not trying to force them to tell me they feel better, but also help remind them where they were when we first started and where they are now, even if it's just in the span of two months. So helping, you know, helping with, yeah, that perspective and like some insights, but also offering them treatments and lifestyle changes that can actually give them a little bit more energy or improve something just to give them something to hold on to. Yeah. I think that's really, really crucial. That's a good strategy. What are, I know it's patient specific, so I fully acknowledge that when I ask this question, but what are some of the go-tos you use if you haven't mentioned them to help them feel better sooner, just to give them that, you know, not to just give them that encouragement, but also just to help them feel better. What are, what are some of the things you try initially? That's a great question. I, so I actually, so just a slight little story here. So I worked for Diagnostics, which is the lab that I typically use to do the saliva cortisol testing, which mm-hmm. is funny. I don't work for them anymore. Um, but I really got to see like the inside scoop of like how the lab works and yeah. their history and all that. It was a very interesting time. Anyway, I worked with a doc there who he had been working with um, clinicians who call in with questions about the lab reports He'd been working with them for years and he, his perspective was there's, there's no supplement, nothing that can help recover your adrenals better than getting high quality sleep. Mm. And I always try to focus on that, especially with my patients who are new, who are feeling really awful and don't get good sleep to really work on what, what are even like, um, two things that we can do to get you an hour more of sleep in the next, you know, per night in the next week. Yeah. Um, because that can be absolutely life changing for my patients. So I like to, um, use GABA. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with GABA? I am. I am. Um, I like to use that for patients who have, um, a lot of that kind of, um, tired, but wired experience in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Folks with adrenal fatigue, I can't get to sleep or I wake up in the night and my mind's racing. Yeah. GABA can be really helpful for that. Um, melatonin, of course. Um, passion flower, taking that as a tea, just as an herb to help calm the mind and relax the body. Kava, using mm-hmm. kava kava root as mm-hmm. a tea or a capsule. Um, so really like, you know, off the bat, getting them 
slightly higher quality sleep yep. can really, you know, just totally shift someone's perspective the next time they come in to see me. Um, you know, even if we do nothing else, just working on that, I think it can be really, really helpful. Yeah. Optimal sleep is life changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that doctor you were uh, working with um, had that right. I mean, there's no there's no remedy that matches a good night's sleep. We all mm-hmm. kind of know that, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His name, I shouldn't let him go unnamed, Dr. Eric Semsack. Okay. <laughs> He's cool. also a naturopath. Okay, cool. Cool. Maybe we'll uh, chase him down and have him on one day. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a sharp dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk about the relationship between the thyroid and the adrenal glands. They're on a, they're on a similar axis, if I understand that right. So if somebody is very adrenally taxed, do you see their thyroid numbers going up into the hyper range? Is that, does that ever manifest as a reality in your practice? Um, well, the thyroid and adrenal glands definitely connected. And I, I never leave out the, um, sex hormones. Mm -hmm. So I describe it as a triangle. So each point of the triangle is a different gland. So we have the thyroid at the top then we have the adrenals to the left and then the, either the ovaries or the testicles at the right. Um, and whenever one of those corners of the triangle gets stressed out, Mm -hmm. um, let's say the adrenals, then yes, it's going to affect the function of the thyroid or the sex hormone producing glands. And with thyroid, typically what I see is it starts to go hypo Mm -hmm. when my patients are experiencing adrenal fatigue. It typically, the pattern is it starts with the adrenals and then moves to the thyroid. And then there's some issue with the ovaries or the, the testicles after that. Um, sometimes it can kind of come all at once. Sometimes it goes out of that pattern, but that's often the pattern that I see, um, because they all rely on each other. There's not, there's not really a situation where one gets stressed out and the others don't feel it. It just doesn't work that way. Right. Does it ever get complicated in treatment and you have to start giving them thyroid medication or supplements to go along with the adrenal protocol? Do those ever go hand in hand? Absolutely. Really? Because you're not, you don't, you don't want to leave anyone hanging. Yeah. Um, but the adrenal is really here and now energy mm-hmm. and the thyroid is more, it's kind of like, I don't know. I can't think of a good, again, I'm not good at sound bites, but <laughs> it's like the adrenal is, you know, your, your caffeine energy. Like yep. I need energy right now. And so that's what we need to treat like right now. And then the thyroid, that's more kind of longer lasting energy. And then the sex hormones even longer. Um, and so I kind of treat it in that way. Like we address the adrenals and then we address the thyroid. And the thyroid is, I mean, it takes longer to feel change from any kind of thyroid treatment. Yeah. It feels longer or it, it, um, it takes longer to see the change on the labs. Um, so that becomes... If, if that's, you know, part of the patient's issue, we just kind of roll with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it becomes a bigger project. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it. What, uh, what kind of things do you use for thyroid? Do you use supplements? Do you use two, T3, T4? How do you go about that? Yeah, thyroid treatment is, I mean, that's, that could be a whole show. Um, yeah. It's uh, tricky. So you could use... 
Um, <laughs> this is a longer conversation. So what you can do is you can approach your um, adrenal patient who has thyroid issues and treat their adrenals and treat their lifestyle and kind of do that basic stuff and then recheck their thyroid. Right. You could use thyroid supplementation. There's mm -hmm. a product called Thyroid Synergy from Designs for Health that I like to use um, that has the precursors like selenium um, uh, that can help the thyroid gland produce its own hormones better. Or you can use replacement. Um, and I try to use natural thyroid, like mm -hmm. NP thyroid, wherever possible. Or you can use the synthetic stuff and you can compound it together. Um, the T4 and T3 in one capsule or use them separately. Um, levothyroxine is the most common medication that folks are on, but that's the synthetic T4. Right. It's, you know, again, that's a, that's a, that's a big project. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll have you back on talk about thyroid one day if you're down with that idea. Oh, yeah. Cool. That'd be awesome. Cool. Well, Katie, this has been fun. Really appreciate you making the time to hang out with us. How do people find you? Well, my website is drkatiebroussard.com. Um, my Instagram is drkatiebroussard. I'm on TikTok, drkatiebroussard. Um, those are kind of the main platforms that I hang out on. Okay. We'll put and, those in the show notes. Okay. Cool. Wonderful. And yeah, and is your supplement line on your website or is there a separate website for that? It's on my website, drkatiebroussard.com. And then you just click on shop and you can see all my products there. Perfect. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. That'll do it for this edition of the Natural Man Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us and check us out at naturalmanpodcast.com. We're also streaming on Fountain. I'm Mike C. Until next time, stay healthy. The Natural Man Podcast. Check us out. Naturalmanpodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.